Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Kellen Kennedy pinch hitting for Brendan Escott right now. It is currently 133 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. We've had uh, Brian Lawton and David Staples on the show already. John Shannon coming up in about 28 seconds time do you want to mention you can text us on our ashley fine floors text line at 780-496-0063 ashley fine floors providing winning results for over 35 years as we go off to the river cree resort casino hotline and we are pleased to be joined by our nhl insider john shannon hi john how you doing hey bob how are you Good. Look, we know you're plugged in on league stuff. We know you have a long history in television. Uh, you're also a very passionate sports fan, and I just uh, I just want to open with, uh, you know, we've had a, a tremendous outpouring uh, and uh, a celebration of all things that uh, were Joey Moss over the course of the last couple of days. It's been uh, a really cool thing to, to see, especially, John, in a time in which it seems like, I don't know about you, but at times it feels like there's a lot of accentuating the negative out there. Uh, and there's yeah. been a wonderful sort of uh, uh, positive show of emotion out there for Joey. It's been awesome to watch, hasn't it? You know, I, in, in many ways, um, you know, I've been going and, and coming to Edmonton for, gosh, 43 years in my mind, it, re- it really reflects the personality and the character of the town. Uh, and when, when you think uh, that uh, the people that have, have spoken up in the last 72 hours about Joey, that Wayne has done something, Kelly Buckberger, Kevin, uh, and, and, uh, and, and the, the three guys that really deserve a ton of credit for, uh, for helping Joey over the years, uh, Dwayne at the Eskimos and then Barry and, and Lyle and Sparky, rather, at, uh, yeah, at the Oilers. Yeah. That, to me, is, is reflective. I, I mean, the amount of times that we saw Joey on a regular basis uh, at the Coliseum and at Rogers Place, uh, to me, was th- that, was, it, that was Edmonton. That was the soul of Edmonton, and that's what made it so special. And that's one of the reasons why 
uh, with with the cities that we we have in this country, Edmonton does have a special spot when it comes to sports. Uh, and, and it's something that Edmontonians should be proud of. You know, it's funny, and maybe it's a reflection of, uh, of where I was at in life at that time, but I, I remember uh, George Johnson out of Calgary speaking at an event, uh, COSIDA, College Sports Info- Information Directors of America, 20, 2004, and he was talking about, in, in, and it's, it was different in the states than it is for Canada in terms of college sport, because you know Alabama, Georgia, a couple of weeks ago, outdrew the NBA final, so it's a different it's a different game. But in Canada, uh, you know, he's like, you guys have to emphasize the human interest stories. And I used to, as a former SID at the U of A, I'm like, I got the number one ranked team in the country in hockey. Like, you know, they're good every year. Like, they're, they're the, you know, the games are important. The games matter. And But but at the end, of the, the human interest stories are often the ones that touch people the most, aren't they, John? Well, I, I, I think that they are the key to all of it. It's, I think that um, one of the reasons that, that we're all involved in sports, Bob, is because of the people in them. Uh, and, well, you've heard me uh drag on constantly that you know and particularly when it comes to being able to tell stories and 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 talk about sports on television on a radio it's got less to do with numbers and more to do with people uh and and the joey story is is one of those that is absolutely remarkable and how the city uh embraced joey uh behind the oiler bench or embraced him on the eskimo sideline and and really, what has happened uh, since he passed away? It's uh, it, it, it's one of those. It, it's heartwarming to know that that people still have that soft spot for for people who are are, are part of the part of the fabric of the community. And, and you know, the Moss family, and and uh, you know, obviously, I met Joey through the first time through what he did with Glenn Sather and the and the dressing room. Um, was something that uh, it, it became a fact of life and became so accepted that um, it's difficult to, to consider it without that. And I certainly hope that the Oilers find a way, uh, whether it be in the room or whether it be on the concourse or somewhere in the arena, uh, to put a, uh, a, a tribute together for Joey that uh, that everybody can, can reflect on. I know Terry talked about in his column that they should put a statue of, of Joey uh, I think the Oilers should, can certainly consider something that people can pay tribute to Joey on a regular basis. Uh, you, let's, uh, you know, I don't want to reveal too much, but you were a very good producer uh, back in the day. That's very kind of you. That's very kind of you. And you were very direct. <laughs> and you were very direct. Okay? okay. And that's yeah. kind of, and that's the style I kind of liked. Okay? Personally, I didn't get a chance to work with you a lot. Uh, you were on the number one show, and I was uh, at that stage of my career behind the scenes coming up. I, I wasn't necessarily always on that number one Hockey Night in Canada show on, on Saturday nights when you roared in Edmonton. But let me ask you this. Were there times when you guys would do one of those human interest show uh, stories and show about a relationship, uh, you know, maybe for a, uh, a child that, you know, was uh, had some health issues and had developed a, a personal relationship with a player? And, and you're sitting there producing a show in the truck, and you know you're 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 letting everybody know who's boss because that's what you got to do in that role, right? Where you had to turn away a bit because it, it was an emotional story, and you knew that it was going to get you right where you feel it. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. Uh, of course, my wife always my wife claims that I cry at Hallmark Christmas card commercials, but um, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's what makes sports so good. That's what makes uh, that's why I'm involved is because of the emotional involvement that you can have uh, at every level, whether it's the exhilaration, whether it's the sadness, uh, whether it's the tear jerking. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's that. That's why and that's why people are involved in sports. They're not involved in to worry about, you know, and, and I mean, based on last night's World Series Game Six in the sixth inning, I, I'm not worried about pitch count. I'm right. worried about people, yeah. uh, and and that's and I like people. I, I'm not worried about numbers, uh, and that's uh, that's uh, that to me is I'm I'm fearful for our industry, and I, I know we started talking about Joey, but I'm fearful for our industry that we become so analytical. We have lost track of telling those stories. We have lost track of telling why so many is so and so is a good person, and what makes them tick. It's not about whether their face-off percentage in the left circle on a Saturday night between six and eight o'clock is important. It's about what makes them a good person and what makes them a great athlete and what's their drive to be perfect. That's why. That's what I think is more important. John, uh, I'm going to take you back to 2005. I uh, organized a group of guys to go down to go watch Notre Dame play Washington, and then uh, the Seahawks were playing Arizona. So we're going to see an you know, and at that time, Notre Dame, Charlie Weiss had just gone to Notre Dame. Uh, he left the Patriots. It was a big deal. Ty, Ty uh, Willingham was the uh, head coach at, at, at Washington. He'd previously been at Notre Dame. And... Isaiah Stanbeck was the quarterback for Washington. He fumbled on a Notre Dame one-yard line. And so I had a, like, a bunch of these guys are listening to the show right now that went on that trip. And we're sitting in the stands, and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, run a naked bootleg from their own one-yard line. And Brady Quinn fires a pass 40 yards up the field. Everybody's like, that's the greatest call we've ever seen. Well, it turns out Whites had committed uh, to grant uh, a boy's dying wish. And that's why they called the play. And Brady Quinn was like, are we still calling that that play, coach? Like, we got the ball. He goes, I don't care if you give up a safety. You're, you're calling the play. Like, we're running yeah. the play, right? And so, uh, actually, later that year, Notre Dame and USC played one of the greatest college football games I ever saw. But the point in this is there are stories like this all the time out there, right, that are yeah. – you know that are really, really, uh, and you know, unfortunately, the boy actually never got a chance to see the play. He passed away on the Friday, of the day before the game. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. It, it, this stuff happens all the time, doesn't it, in sport? And you make a great point about how much focus we have an entire. I don't mean to criticize the athletic. I think the athletic's got some. Eric Duhachik is a terrific. Oh, they've done right? a brilliant job. They've done a. They've, the website's done a brilliant job. They've done a brilliant job, but there are some heavy analytics type writers that, may, you know, like there, there's a kid out of uh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg that I think is a rising star. His name's Moret Atesh, and this guy can yeah. write. This guy can write, and he can explain the numbers without. But you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's still a game, and it should represent something, should it not? Well, I I I, I think that what you need to do is I think you need to be able to. And what we were taught many, many moons ago, Bob, is is to uh, to entertain, educate, and empathize. And if you can get the viewer to um, 
feel what it's like to be there uh, and feel the emotion of the moment and feel for the athletes. That, to me, is much more important than uh, than the analytics of a, of a situation. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. Cahal uh, uh, Kelly in the Globe and Mail last week wrote a an article that it, that many of us, I think, feel, and is that is we become so antiseptic with numbers uh, in every sport, uh, in, particularly baseball. But hockey's getting there, and football is certainly there. I don't know how it works in basketball very much. Um, but, you know, are we actually cutting down the amount of people that want to watch it anymore? And that's a concern. That, to me, is a real concern. We have to, we have to put the people back in sports. We have to put you know, personality back in sports. Because what we've done is we've made it so antiseptic and so analytical is that, you, you know, we, 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 know we, we don't know about the Reggie Jacksons of the world and the emotion that they have and the Billy Martin and the, you know, we don't see that anymore just because everybody's just going by the numbers. Right. And that, to me, that to me is an issue on how we grab new sports fans and how we entertain the existing ones. And that's something I think everybody should be considering. I, I, I don't think we discuss it enough. Uh, internally in the industry about what what is really entertaining, what is really important to what, making good television. I think that that's something that has to be uh, be uh, to be reexamined. Well, it's interesting how players would have a different respect for guys that drop the gloves than the lack of respect shown by a lot of the analytics people towards these type of players. Because we all know, John, there's certain guys throughout the course of time, and I know the game's moved a little bit in a direction, but the reality is it's still the intimidation. Uh, oh. Whether whether people want to hear it or not, when it comes to hockey, intimidation is still part of the game. and the, you've art, got it. the art of intimidation, Bob, the art of intimidation, is something that can never, and, and I'm not talking about, I'm ne- not necessarily talking about fighting. I'm talking about creating uh, a moment on the ice that will make one team think. And you buy yourself a half second. Yeah. You, you buy yourself. And intimidation can be speed. Im- Im- you know, intimidation could be hard hitting. I mean, hey, the days at the Philadelphia Spectrum that they made sure that the glass and the boards was so loose because every time a flyer player hit the glass, they wanted to hear a rattle and roll and the crowd roar, and it sounded like you know all hell was breaking loose. That was, I mean, that that was right out of Mike Keenan's playbook. The art of intimidation, and it's something that I don't think will ever go away in sports. Heck, in Toronto this week, the discussion with the Maple Leafs is, you know what, they're, they're better, they got a good leader in Thornton, but are they big enough? Are they, are, can they intimidate on the ice? And the answer still is they can't. You know, that's why big body hockey still works. Well, it's a, a real interesting one. I mean, you look at how college football and the NFL have become much more offensive, and it's because you can't hit anybody anymore. You know what I mean? Like, everything's been done to think of the Steelers in the mid-'70s on defense and how they used to just manhandle other teams' sure. receivers. on the You know, their two corners at that time used to just work guys over. And and now, if you hit the if you hit the quarterback half a second, a third of the second too late, um, if a receiver goes up for a catch, and I mean, I, I referenced uh, the '90s with the three Florida schools when we had Brian Lawton on, because as you know, he was in Tampa Bay, and those schools.
schools were dominant. And Miami played Florida State in a game where 60 players went on to the NFL off those two teams. Okay, yeah, well, 60, 60 what, players. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm the head scout for an NFL team, I'm just drafting any kid from Alabama right now. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's... I mean, right? they got, I mean that's... That, that, that's, that's and that's, that seems to be happening. But the, but the interesting thing, when you talk about the NFL, what they, may, what they do on a conscious effort every year is how do we make the game more entertaining? It does, is that you getting know, done in hockey? Does that getting done in hockey? Do you think? Well, I mean, we went through this in 2005 while you were, at, uh, you know, at Husky Stadium, and I, we were all working on trying to make the game more entertaining. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think they tried. Um, you know, I mean, and I think Major League Baseball has gone through that. You know, when you think about the fact that the National League is going to have the DH next year full time, and you know, extra inning games, the player is going to start at second base. I think they're and and they're trying to get the game faster. I I think that you know all sports are trying to do it. I'm not sure what we can do in hockey because the game has gotten so fast. It's almost gotten so fast now uh, again, Bob. That I'm not sure how safe it is anymore. You know, but but we we removed a lot of hitting out of the game in order to try to keep it safer for the players. Yeah. But now we have to find a way to. Is there any way? The question becomes: Is there any way to keep hitting in the game? and maintain a safety level. And that's you a want, big issue. That's a big problem. He wants scoring to go up, limit the size of the goaltending equipment. That's And I know they've yeah, stri- the, you, you signed they that still got the pr- Players Association. You know? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. All right. You speak- know, I have one for you. You want, you want the, mo- the, the most entertaining hockey I ever saw. We actually had this discussion at dinner the other night with a couple of ex-NHLers. The, the, uh, the most entertaining hockey I saw in the last 40 years were in Chicago, Buffalo and Boston in the old arenas. And why do you think that was? Uh, less, l- smaller, less, smaller, l- smaller l- yeah, so less there space. Was, the at, rinks, the rinks, yeah, there was actually less space, space in the neutral ice. So you're yeah, in the offensive yeah. zone a little more. You're in the offensive zone a little but, but But you also had less room to, to move, and so speed became a bigger factor. And because you didn't have tons of space to, to, to line up and run at a guy, the, the checks were, were physical, but they weren't as vicious. So when the, when the Bruins played at the Old Garden, and all three arenas were basically 190 by 85. They were 10 feet shorter in those three. Uh, the games were, it was, it, was like, uh, it was like watching a roller coaster go up and down. It was so much fun to watch the teams play in those arenas. That's Did why you? a guy like Denny, Denny Savard survived sure. in, in, in Chicago Stadium. Rick Middleton was great at the Boston Garden. You know, D- Danny Gear, who wasn't the biggest guy, was fantastic in Buffalo because they, they understood the rink. Everybody's talking about making the rink bigger. I'd make the rink smaller. And that would add another row of seats for owners so they could add more tickets. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say, did you produce the 12-9 game between the Oilers and the Blackhawks? I did actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I did actually. I mean, I mean, all those Chicago Edmonton regular season playoff games. I think I did almost every one until '88. Every time Glenn Sather put Yerry Curry and and Glenn Anderson together with Wayne Gretzky, that happened in that game. They were unstoppable. Yeah. Like. It, they were those guys, and look, we all know Anderson played mostly with Mark Messier. But when Anderson played with Curry and Gretzky, it was ridiculous. Like they, they, you know, some of the highest scoring well, games in Oilers history is when that that trio was together. 
Again, I mean, the Oilers of that era, and I don't want to, I mean, heck, there, there's people under 30 getting tired of us yearning for those years. But, uh, I mean, this was a team that could be physical and fast. You know, I mean, the, the Oilers of the 80s, if they were in playing shape, could they would have, it would have, the Tampa Edmonton Oilers of the of 85 uh, versus Tampa of this year would have been a heck of a series to watch. Oh, yeah. Tampa would have been the bigger team. I'm not sure they would have been the tougher team. I mean, the Oilers, you mentioned that they had a whole group of guys that could take care of business. Oh, yeah. Very sure quick, could. very quickly, uh, we got about two minutes left with John Shannon, our NHL insider. John, the NHLPA is now starting to educate uh, their constituents here uh, to get <laughs> things going. Is that, you're laughing, is, uh, is that not taking place or? Oh, no, it is. There, there's no question. I mean, we t- Bob, we talked about this. Gosh, uh, I want to say in middle of March or middle of April when Major League Baseball was having the same problem with its players. Yep. Yep. And we, you know, we talked about that. We were going to have this problem in December because, yep. I mean, players received all but one paycheck uh, before the bubbles occurred in Toronto and Edmonton. Now there's going to be a dispute. It'll go to arbitration. There's no question. Um, you know, the league will say that, uh, yeah, play, players are going to get 72% of uh, with the win. They've got the deferral and they've got the escrow. But, again, it's, they're going to get 50% of hockey-related revenue. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be 50% of hockey-related revenue. And they're going to, in the end, they're going to let a mediator or an arbitrator decide which side is right. Wow. John, have a good week. We'll touch base on Monday. Okay. Talk to you later, Bob. You bet. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon. Bob Stauffer joining you on Oilers Now. It is 1.53 in Edmonton. Uh, We will uh, tell you at this time, Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation, I had it last night from the Blue Quill Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. And Uncle Milt down at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Big Oilers fan, big hockey fan, knows the stuff too was saying the other day that uh you know what despite the unique challenges of the pandemic uh they had a good summer and a lot of the used vehicle inventory at brent ridge ford which usually runs 50 to 70 units down to just about 10 units at this time brent ridge needs trades not only will the ford motor company of canada uh ford motor company uh, give you a trade-in bonus of up to twenty five hundred dollars for your 2016 model or older but brent ridge ford will pay top dollar for any trade just to restock the shelves so go see uncle milt rich johnny they even got some flames fans out of the brent ridge ford Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. I mentioned 15 years ago today, Ryan Smith ended a seven-game uh, losing streak for the Oilers to start the 05-06 season. Edmonton was 3-6-1 in their first 10 games. They went into Big Dallas where they never win and beat the Stars 5-3. They even had a little bit of a line brawl in that game. Jason Smith, John Erskine got kicked out. After uh, starting a secondary fight, Oilers won on back-to-back nights and did not look back at a real good, went 38-22-12 and 12 in their final 72 games of that season. Also on the state, back in 1985, the aforementioned Glenn Anderson 
He had a hat trick and an assist against uh, Reggie Lemelin. The Oilers beat the Flames 6 4 at the Olympic Saddle Dome in, Wayne, uh, in Calgary. Wayne Gretzky, he had a quiet game. Just a goal and four assists. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 6 to 8, and tomorrow, some have called it train wreck Thursday. Others have called it truculent Thursday. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. Sportsnet Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, as well as George LaRock. Special thanks to uh, Brendan Escott and Kellen Kennedy for working on today's show with us. And thank you to all of you who participated via the uh, text line on the Ashley Pine Floors text line, sending in your comments throughout the course of the show. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.